Okay, we are live. Welcome back to the Digital Creators Podcast. I'm in the stew with Alexandria Lee. Hey, Alex, how are you? I'm good. So, Alexandria Lee is a full-time artist. Alex uses writing with a black ink pen on a hot-pressed cotton paper to craft portraits of pop culture icons, such as Bob Marley, Pharrell, Lady Gaga, Virgil Abloh, and Denzel Curry. She's worked with and collaborated with international brands such as Foot Locker, ESPN, the Golden State Warriors, Puma, and Manchester City. In this episode, we're going to talk about her creative background, process, being an artist in the day in the age of social media, and more. So, Alex, and that was loud. Take us back to where it started for you as a creative. Like, were you a creative kid? Were you like drawing as a kid in school and stuff like that, or? Yeah, so I think I've always been creative. So I've always liked like the more creative things like performing arts, yeah. <laughs> like musical theatre, acting, dancing and yeah, and then like drawing. But I was also like very shy as a kid. So I, when I was younger, I really wanted to like become an actress. So my mum put me in acting school and everything. Yeah. And then I never like pursued that because I think I was too shy. Mm-hmm. So then the next thing was drawing. So then she put me in to like drawing classes and painting classes. So yeah, when I was younger, I did a lot of art. And yeah, did you yeah. Um, like study art at all? Um, So, in high school, I took, like, art classes. Um, Which high school was this? um, Santa Maria. So, it's an all-girls school, Um, which I I love. Like, I spent a lot of time in art class. Like, at lunchtimes, I would go to art class and, like, finish my paintings. So, I loved it. Um, I hated science. I hated math. So, I think, like, my brain is mostly... (laughs) (laughs) Mostly geared towards the creative side and then when I graduated high school um I was like oh okay I really I'm good at art um what else am I good at Mm -hmm. so I wanted to um apply for art school like to study fine arts but my parents are like very Asian so they're like oh I don't think that's a good idea. Mm. Like, what are you going to do? They're like, why not try um, graphic design? Um, So then I did a bit of graphic design. I did like a semester and then there were people in my classes that also did architecture. So they did some units in graphic design. And I was like, oh, like this graphic design degree is a waste. Like, why mm. don't I try something harder? Yeah. So I switched to architecture. Wait, why did you think it was a waste? Because I thought like, oh, you can just like design like graphic things. But like the architecture students, they can design buildings mm-hmm. and they can also like do the graphic design stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, why am I paying for this degree when I can do that? So then I transferred and... I started studying architecture, but then after two and a half years, it got so hard for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then, yep. Because there's like a lot of maths involved in architecture. Yeah, well. so you have to be very technical. And 
I felt like a lot of people in my class, like you really have to put in like all your energy towards each project. And if you don't, you just don't stand out in the class. And I, yeah, I felt like we would have pinups. So I thought that I would like put in all my energy towards my project. And then once I saw it like pinned up, everyone else was like better. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, maybe it's not for me. So after like two and a half years and the undergrad degree is goes for three years and then you have to do masters. So you have to do masters, do you? Yeah. Right. To become an architect, it's you actually, have to do yeah. masters. And then after that, you have to um, do like, practical work and then you have to sit like a actual exam to become fully registered architect so it's a long journey um so I was only two and a half years into my undergrad and then I went to a design conference in Sydney because I was like oh I saw the design conference like pop up on my social media and I'm like okay it's just on the weekend I have to go I was still in uni at the time and I went there and I like heard like um from other designers who spoke and like a lot of them just like carved their own way and didn't really graduate Mm -hmm. from uni and I'm like oh I'm really struggling like maybe I should just like take a step back and figure out what I want to do and like just take a break from uni. So after going to that design conference, I was really like inspired. I was like, oh, there's actually work out there. Like you don't need to be qualified as an artist Mm. or a designer. So I dropped out. Well, I took a break, but I never went back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, but then I didn't think it through. So I, I just took a break. And then I'm like, okay, what am I doing now? Um, so I would just like do paint paintings. I remember finding different objects. And what were your parents thinking at this point? Oh, like I don't know. They knew that I really didn't. I struggled with like the semester that I was in of architecture. So they're like, okay, let her take a break that was only meant to be a break for like the semester and then go back the next year. So yeah, I was just like painting in my bedroom <laughs> and filming it and then putting it onto YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I remember getting um, like a tin of black um, paint from Bunnings and then I would buy like random objects. So, whoops, sorry. So like I would go to Kmart and I would buy like, a spider like an electronic spider and then I would like use it dip it in the black paint and then I would use it to like paint Billie Eilish's portrait and then put like music like in Mm. the video the process video can you like control where it walks so then yeah you can control it it's like a remote control yeah so then yeah so then I would dip it in the paint and then it would like kind of crawl across the page and then it'll make the portrait and then I would like paint with shoes paint with an egg paint with like a coat hanger look Alexander there's this thing called a paintbrush I know (laughs) I know (laughs) but I wanted something like a bit different Mm. and I always just liked working in like basic mediums like just black and white so 
that's how I got into like just experimenting with art again. I think like just a bit like childlike. Mm-hmm. And then after after that, my boyfriend at the time, he's like, um, do you want to move up north? Like, because he got a placement for his job up there. So in Port Hedland. And then I was like, oh, yeah, what am I doing? I can do what I'm doing, like painting. Yeah. It, like from anywhere. So I'm like, okay, I'll come with you. Obviously, I wasn't going to leave him. <laughs> so then I told my parents and they they were like so against it. They're like, what are you going to do up there? And I'm like, oh, don't worry. I'll find a job. I'll find a job at Subway, work part-time, and then I'll continue like painting and then i'll come back next year for the like did you say subway what yeah like subway (laughs) because there was only like one came out there one coals it's a very small town it's just for mining whereabouts is it um it's near caratha okay um i think an hour away from caratha it's port headland oh yeah 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 so it's just a town for mining really Mm. and it's so hot anyways i ended up moving up there with him and then I remember I got there and I'm like oh there's nothing yeah but I was like okay I have to make some money apply for some jobs and then there was like a tattoo shop Mm -hmm. and I showed there was only like one man and his fiance at the time who managed like worked there so the man would do the tattoos and then his fiance would manage the studio and then I just walked in and then I showed them I was like oh I'm looking for a job do you do like apprenticeships and actually like in uni I used to do like hand poke tattoos yeah um just for like pocket money so I had like a bit of an interest in tattooing so I was like oh I really hope I get this apprenticeship because I don't want to work at Subway and then they were like sure um start on Monday so oh, then cool. I obviously it wasn't paid for I think a couple months it wasn't paid so from like Monday to Friday I would just as an apprentice I would just like sit next to him and he was like this huge Aussie bloke and I like know nothing about <laughs> like we were just so like opposite people but like it was really good like learning from him and in the end because it was just me and him in the studio I got to like fast track my apprenticeship and within like three months I was like on the machine doing tattoos mm-hmm. so I would do like a lot of butterflies a lot of dog paws a lot of names like all the small stuff that he didn't want to do yeah and then um after work I would like draw or paint in the shed that we had um and we stayed in this like really small so it was a it was a house but it was split into four units yeah so we were like one of the four units so it was like super small and cramped and then there was a shed for storage out the back so I would just like use that shed at night time only because it would be too hot to continue mm. like painting with my random objects. Yeah. <laughs> so, what kind of random objects did you find? Any random ones up there? Like yeah, these? like f- like a lot of like wild flowers and sticks. Like, cause I wanted to just explore like the nature up there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah. So then I would just continue posting it onto my social media. So at the time I had um, like 3,000 followers on my Instagram. When was this? Um, 2018, Yeah, I think. Yeah, my timeline's a bit off, but I think it was around 2018. Um, and I think TikTok was still like quite new. I think it just sort of... Yeah, it was... Started around then, I guess. Yeah, starting out. And I remember, oh yeah, going back to the design conference, a lot of them, like, they're like, oh, my works went viral on the, like, explore page Mm. on Instagram. And then that's how, like, it kind of kicked off. And I remember at the time, I'm like, oh, the algorithm on Instagram is so shitty. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? So... There's a lot, there's nothing to do in Port Hedland. Like, so I had a lot of time to just think and go on YouTube, watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would search, like, what's the next best thing to Instagram, <laughs> like, to grow oh, yeah. my audience? You literally searched that. Yeah. Just because I wanted to, like, see, like, what other apps were out there. And I always thought that. Like, I loved what I'm doing, but I just want everyone to see it. So I remember I went on some... There was, like, this dating app, actually, and I would live stream me, like, oh, painting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. But I got some creeps on there, so I was like, yeah. maybe that's not a good option. <laughs> Anyways. I mean, whatever brings in, like, the views. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so then I searched, yeah, what's the next best thing, um to Instagram and then I watched like a lot of Gary V and at the yeah. time like Gary V's always onto it so mm. at the time he's like if you're not on TikTok you gotta get on TikTok yeah. get posting but at the time it was mostly um dancing and mm. it was all dancing and I really think like I was one of the first like that artist wow, yeah. so like the same videos that I would post on my Instagram and at the time, I would upload, like, my own music to it. Like, I used TikTok and I would just use their sound yep. and upload it. Yep. And then... Um, wow, you were actually on it really early. Yeah. Like, like perfectly. Yeah. yeah. So, I think that's how, like, it really, like, built the momentum of, like, people seeing my work. And then I... My storytelling is really bad, but no, it's good. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> um, there was a unit um, that I studied in architecture that's about mapping, like making topographic maps about like the land that we were researching mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and I was obsessed with that unit. That was the one unit that I kind of just like was so obsessed that I neglected the rest of <laughs> the things that I was meant to do. Um, so you just had to make maps and I would use this stippling technique, Mm -hmm. um, and do dots to like make the maps. And I would use like a blacking pen and tracing paper. And then, so I just brought those materials with me to, to like up North. And then one night, um, I was like, oh, okay, like I'm going to do a portrait, but I'm going to try use that technique. But instead of doing the dot, I'm going to write a word. Mm-hmm. And um, 
because also like my train of thought like is quite repetitive so then I would write like I remember I did a portrait and it would just be like strong strong and I think it was meant to like encourage me at the time yeah okay it's like words of affirmation yeah kind of like words of affirmation (laughs) sounds a bit cheesy but yeah so then I started doing the like little ones and then because I was doing like referencing a lot of um like pop culture icons Mm -hmm. which came through TikTok because TikTok's all about the trends I was like, okay, um, what's what sound like? What songs like popping? And then I would like start drawing. So then I did one of Kanye West, who's very controversial yeah. <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> but you know what? I really like love Kanye West. So he's done like a yeah. lot of creative things. That he's definitely a great artist. Yeah, he is. Um, and it went absolutely viral i don't know how many like views it has now like i think like 20 over mil or something um and then my that's when like the followers came to my instagram too um and then it people just kept like dming me for like portraits like all sorts and they're like oh can you like do my can you draw my brother? Can you draw? And I'm like, oh, there's yeah, <laughs> everything. But then, like, throughout those requests, there would be, like, the serious ones. Yeah. That I'm like, yes, okay. And when, when was that when you really took off on the platform? Maybe, like, the end of 2018, okay. 2019. So, like, a year, maybe, wow. of posting. Yeah. Um, and then I told my boss... That, and I knew he would, I, he kno- knew that I would leave. Um, I And I was crying that day because I get so nervous and I'm like, oh, I don't want to let you down, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, I, I was like, oh, I've, I'm getting too much work and I really just want to concentrate on my art. Because, like, to, yeah. if you want to do tattooing, you have to do it full time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what he thought. Um so then I stopped tattooing and then I um, focused on my art full time. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to adjust the camera. Yeah. Um, like something, like there's a theory that in Perth, the reason why there's so many talented artists i think i think per number of people there's like definitely a good number of like very talented artists is because in a way well this is what um my friend atley said on one of the previous podcasts is there's like nothing else to do mm-hmm. in a way like there's that thing like oh perth is boring or whatever so like i guess as creatives we always have that um kind of thing to do that platform to do creatively yeah to to work on and that kind of relates to what you're saying about when you went to Port Hedland I guess it was like nothing else to do but you had um you know your painting and yeah I had stuff to do the tools that I kind of brought along with me to fill in the boredom yeah that turned into yeah creativity and creating something yeah um 
yeah, in Port Hedland, there's really nothing to do. Like, it's too hot to be spending, like, a lot of time mm-hmm. outside the house. Yeah, so it was, like, really good, but it did take a toll on my mental health, so I did move back to Perth. I mean, yeah, the plus side is you got to focus on your creativity, but yep. it was also, like, maybe you didn't have many friends yeah. there. Um, but also something that I've been sort of preaching on this podcast because of a lot of creatives from Perth, um, they're like, you know, they feel they need to move overseas or move to Melbourne to really connect mm. with brands and that sort of thing. Um, I've been saying you can use the power of social media to do that. Like in the past, I think that was definitely something that need to, you needed to do as an artist. Um and I think it is still good to connect with, like, real people over there. Of course, travel is amazing for, like, inspiration as well. Mm. But in today's age, you can use social media like TikTok to, you know, get your work out there. Yeah. Um, if you just focus on kind of marketing yourself as an artist, mm. it's a great way to, you know, connect with people and find new brands to work with or people to, you know, yeah. customers yeah. for your work. Yeah. It's so powerful, social media. And I think the only reason to move overseas and not stay in Perth would be, like, just a change of environment, you know. Um, Like, I recently came back from New York and just the energy in New York Mm. is so different and everyone's, like, hustling, everyone's, like, wanting to create. But in Perth, we're a bit more, like, laid back. Um, yeah, which is fine. Sure. Um, but I think like if you wanna, yeah, get inspiration, move somewhere else, or if you're like stuck or something, change it up. Why do you think Go that is? Why do you think there's that creative energy in New York compared to Perth, where you feel that? I think there's just like more cultures. There's more cultures and um, more people. So there's, yeah. I think there's more expression mm-hmm. and even like the way people dress, they really, and there's less red tape in Perth. There's so much red tape, even if you what were you to mean by like, red tape? like rules, mm-hmm. like even if you were to like um, graffiti. You mean socially or also? Yeah. Like if you were to like graffiti on a wall or something, you can get like fine. Like you have to really pick, certain walls but in new york it's just like things are happening everywhere there's just like not not enough rules there's definitely that that sort of vibe here where like if you were to just graffiti well like everybody would see everybody knows like if you're different people like notice you and you can like easily get um you know for good or bad yeah called out or whatever and i think in places where there is like a lot of graffiti it's kind of a sign that there's almost more creative expression as well yeah interesting. Um, that's just how i felt like even in perth like the way we dress like we're a bit more there are people that really can express themselves but like even in new york it's like so many more people but i guess that's just like there's more people there in such a tight yeah space for sure um there's like people moving and things happening. Everyone's yeah, there's close pr- proximity to each other compared to here where it's like mm. 
20, 30 minute drive to get to see your friend. Um, yeah. But it's Perth is really good because there's also like not as much competition, I guess. So you can stand out. Mm. Um, yeah, that's what I think as well. So it's a double-edged sword where yeah. you get um, you get noticed. Like if you're different, you get noticed. So, but that can be for good or bad. Mm. Um, in a way, like if so, it's kind of bad because I think as a creative, we're kind of quite different to everybody else. Maybe we don't fit in. Maybe we're kind of alternative type of people. So maybe you'll you'll get noticed. Maybe you're the type of person in primary school you'll get like seen as different and that can be a negative thing socially yep. for you. But then when you grow up and you're different um, but you have some sort of skill or uh, ability behind you and it's you can relate it to your business and mm. maybe making money or your personal brand, because you're different, people will notice you and you can like turn it mm. into a good thing. Yep. So it's kind of what you do with that. Yeah. Whereas in New York, it's definitely more competitive. There's a lot of... Yeah, so... That. Yeah, so much more competitive. So I think, like, yeah, you can just stay in Perth and then just travel. Um, but that, I think there's more money for art in the States or mm. even... So what were you in the States for? Um, so I'm planning to move there just for, like, three months um, to continue working on a collection that I'm working on. Um and then do a showcase at the end of that. So So you went year. there before So I went there before just cuz I was it was either going to be in LA or New York and initially it was going to be like this huge immersive exhibition that I wanted to have. Mm -hmm. But after I was like I have to visit to see if it's going to work, like if it's practical. And then after like visiting LA I was like oh wow LA's so clicky like it's so hard to even like get your foot in the door as someone like and I'm like quite emerging as an artist so it's hard it I felt like it's harder to like be seen or even if I were to have the exhibition it's harder to like get people to come um, whereas New York, there's so many little pop-up things happening all the time and people are keen to like... Collaborate. And collaborate sort of yeah. and like bounce around. So I felt like even in New York, I was like waking up early and just like walking and taking photos wow. and you just feel the energy. So I felt like, oh, it's good to experience that. And if I can um, finish the collection that I'm working on there and then do a showcase of it, that'll be... Great, that would be fun, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think you would live in New York? I don't think I can live there. Is okay, It's super expensive. Um, and I'm such a family person too, so I like being close to family. But who knows yep. if something pops up that is good enough. To keep me there but so you think like creative wise it's a good place to like go there maybe make connections yeah. um have like an experience and obviously you know who knows 
who could see your work in New York. Yeah. Have like a, did, was it an independent pop-up that you wanted to do? Yeah. So Just out of your own? Just, yeah, I'm planning on um, leasing out a studio in like Brooklyn, which is where like most of the warehouses and artists are. And then um, just like experiencing New York, going out, making connections, inviting people over to the studio. Yeah. Just really like being there. Um, and who knows? Yeah, you can – I think it's like all about networking too. And then after that period of time, I'll see what happens. But Yeah, yeah. for sure. And you've worked with some pretty big brands, which is quite incredible, especially as a Perth artist. we got – Footlocker, ESPN, Golden State Warriors, Puma, Manchester City. So these are like, you know, international brands mm-hmm. and organisations. How did you do that as a artist from little old Perth? I know. Well, it's the power of social media, I guess. And that's basically how, like, everyone from around the world, they can see you <laughs> and they can find your work. So that's how they found me and... I think through like connecting with, let's say, I did some drawings for Bleacher Report, and then they they are friends internally. They are friends with the people at ESPN, so they would just like catch up for drinks and then talk about my work, and then make that connection mm. there. And then they'll be like, "Oh, if you're doing this campaign, like." maybe you can use this artist and then they'll just like reach out to me and be like, oh, my friend was telling me about your yep. work. And then like even if I um, do like a private commission for like um, let's say a football player and then they would show people. So it's kind of just like organically It's like that. Yeah. Almost like a snowball effect of connections yep. in a way. But what really started it was just would you say – TikTok, like, I yeah, I would say both TikTok, just having a um pro presence online that gets uh gets eyeballs. Yeah, you just need to like. I think if there's like any advice for like artists, you just need to like keep putting work out there. Um, you don't know who's gonna see it. Yeah, yeah, and you don't know like what work you'll get. Yeah, exactly, and. Would you say, like, how do they normally reach out to you? Um, so through DMs. Just DM. Um, yep. And then usually I ask them, or email, mm-hmm. um, but a bit of both. Like, usually for all requests of my DMs, I ask them to email me, and then if they don't email me, I'm like, okay, they're not taking me seriously. Yep. But if they get through the emails, then I'm like, okay, um, Let's see. Cool. Um, I want to talk sort of specifically about a few of the collaborations. Can you talk us through the Foot Locker collaboration? Yeah. So the Foot Locker collaboration, which is actually like one of my favourite collaborations I've done, um, I did uh, – I made a video for them for International Women's Day and for the longest time – I've been using like other people's sounds and just other people's music on TikTok. On TikTok, and I was like, 
talking to Foot Locker and I'm like, oh, would it be okay if I make my own like bespoke sound? Like, because that's what I've always wanted. I wanted to just like create something that's original. Um, and they're like, oh, okay, like test it out. We'll also have another like hip hop sound on the side. Um, so my boyfriend, who's a music producer, he helped me out with making the sound. And then I asked them, I asked Foot Locker if they could um, get voice recordings from females in like, I think it was the Melbourne store um, of like why they're like proud to be a working at Foot Locker as a striper. And then he overlapped that voiceover into the sound and then I drew like the Foot Locker logo as a female and then I wrote like some of the like quotes that the women from the store said and then I worked with a really amazing um, photographer and my friend Peter Hayes who's a fashion photographer and we just um, filmed a video for that and so yeah I'm very proud of that one. Wow, I love how that all kind of came together, like the whole concept that's such an amazing yep. concept. And then just like each element of creativity kind of ties into each other to create like this piece, this piece of video content, but it's also your um, mm. artwork as well. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, that one was a fun one. And then the Puma and Manchester City. I mean, that that's huge like man city yeah it's like a massive football club yeah well i'm not internationally known yeah know. and puma is like a internationally known like humongous brand yeah that one was more straightforward i didn't have much like creative pull on that one so they just gave me a reference and they're like use these words, um, draw this image, and then that was it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, so you didn't have yeah. much uh, creative control with yeah, that? Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, but that one was, it was also fun. I was very thankful for that project. So what yeah. did you draw for that one? It was a soccer player. I should know, but I don't follow <laughs> the soccer, you yeah. know, so, yeah. Okay. Um, and any other favourite kind of international... Um, I did a piece for the WNBA, um, and it was, they wanted something in colour, and before that, I only worked in, like, yeah, my black ink pen on white paper, so that one really pushed me, and the thing about why I love collaboration is because, um, it really, like, forces you to get out of your comfort zone and you always like end up creating something it forces you to create something different I guess um and yeah so I really like that one I worked digitally with that piece and I did like I drew um the female basketball players that they wanted me to draw like I made a collage of the basketball players and then I over like did it in neon with like the different names and then I like spray painted it all so that one was like very different but it like produced a whole new kind of way for me to create art in the same style for sure yeah yeah Yeah, I love that how you said um collaboration forces you to create your art in 
new ways because um, it's just important for us as artists to understand and interpret different perspectives. And I mm. think that's why travel and like meeting people ties into creativity because you're absorbing like different perspectives and then thinking of new ways of doing things. Yep. And um, was that the first time you created something like digitally in your style? Um, I was kind of just like starting to test out my drawings digitally. Um, but yeah, that was one of the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it was really good because like all these projects that I get commissioned to do, there's like a timeline. There's like that you have to get it done by. So it really does yeah. like force you to, whereas when you don't have that deadline, you can like just like idle around and be like, okay, I have this idea, I might. But you, I feel like for me especially, I need to be like pushed really and in that fire zone to create like something different and step out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same with me, especially for personal projects. I'm just like, yeah, uh, like yeah, just taking my time with it, and yeah. like, you know, like, oh, it'll it'll be done when it's done. But mm. sometimes it's good to like have that. Some yeah. when somebody else gives you that deadline, you can really like yeah, push yourself yeah. to finish it. And I've done drawings that like I don't like in the end, but then there's still that deadline, so you still have to just like just keep putting. I just keep putting work out there. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so with your um, pen on paper portraits, mm-hmm. how long does it take you usually to complete a full portrait of that's created with the writing? Yeah. So I work in various sizes at the moment. Like uh, I've been very into working on. So for the collection that I'm working on, the pieces of artwork are like one point four meters by two meters high um so that one usually takes me like a month to create or a month and a half it really depends like if I have other projects in between that I'm trying to finish too um and then let's say like an a1 piece might take me a couple weeks mm-hmm. or three weeks okay um and because I saw you um, had some sort of collaboration with Apple. Mm. Um, can you tell us about that? Um, so I think through social media, Apple. Okay, so I, I'm a huge fan of Apple. And when I started experimenting with the digital pieces, I would be like, oh, I wonder if like Apple can will see my work and we can work together. So I would post my process videos with like the iPad that I had um, and hashtag Apple or like, yeah, hashtag Apple or made with Apple or something like that. And then I think they found me through there because <laughs> I was using their products. And then we have a relationship now. So, yeah, they um, – sent me out the new iPad and it's amazing. Like I love, yeah. that's all I use, like Procreate. 
to I've, create. I've played around on the like the newer iPads with the pen. Yeah, I was like, it like oh. hovers. There's like a hover feature yeah. and everything. But there's just so much like little things that I'm still like trying to navigate around mm. the iPad. But yeah. Do you see yourself moving to a more digital platform? Um, I think with like how the world is evolving, um, I think I am trying to like learn um, the skills to like navigate the digital virtual world. Um, but I think I'll still like keep doing the physical handmade drawings too and not cut that out. But yeah. yeah. Just seeing like where the demand is, I guess, yeah. as we progress. So you, you haven't really made a decision, but you're just kind of like go with the flow and do both and one, yeah. Might, yeah. one might catch on or one you might continue to do what you Yeah, because I think that's like art, like it ebbs and flows, like there's friends that come and go. Um, but I think it is like important to start like learning how to like, produce art in the digital for the digital world because that's where our future is <laughs> exactly yeah i think a lot of artists and one of the reasons um well what i sort of say in this podcast is because some artists at least before the sort of digital age they kind of look down a bit upon like um creating art in the digital Mm. With digital methods um, or even like using digital media yeah. to like even promote your work or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't popular at all. Yeah. Until after, oh, until the pandemic. Yeah, really? Yeah. Don't you think? I think. Like digital, it was mostly. I think there were, yeah, now that you mention it, there was a shift with just how society relates to mm. digital content mm. with tiktok i think honestly i think it's that application that changed the game like even as someone who also created youtube videos because mm. um there's a stigma around being a youtuber <laughs> like a youtube creator mm. as well um but then when tiktok came out at least after a year, people were making, like the everyday person was creating a vlog, which was like, used to be seen as the dorkiest thing like, yeah, to make a vlog on everyone, YouTube. Now everyone has like day in my life vlogs. Exactly. Yep. So there was definitely a shift in 2018 because of that app. Um, and I think it's really positive. Um, but I think maybe some artists struggle to... Maybe they're like sort of stuck in the old ways of doing things, which is like, you know, just you don't really like, they, they think of themselves as more of like an organic, holistic artist that doesn't, doesn't do anything digitally. They're just, you but know. I think like you can do both because you can collaborate and work with someone that can do animations, um, digital art and you can just like scan your painting mm. and then manipulate that to be something digital. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think yeah. that's hundred percent right, and I think that that stigma has at least that yeah, has pretty much dissolved. Not, yeah. Now. Because um, I think it's cool now, like digital art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then 
like I went to a like Web3 conference in Sydney a couple weeks back and it blew my mind like how they were saying how everything's just gonna, we're just going to like be in worlds online and like even like fashion how they're trying to move towards that whole like virtual yeah world world so mm. and that also like helps like the environment and like not producing as much yeah like especially for like the samples and whatnot so the, yeah yeah web3 web3 would just be another whole shift in yeah. how artists create um we're not we haven't completely adopted web3 we're just dabbling in it mark zuckerberg's holding on to his metaverse mm. um <laughs> but I, that is where we're going and i think even you know cryptocurrency was sort of the introduction to that then nfts i'm not sure if you've dabbled in nfts at the start of it i did and i sold three nfts um and then there was that whole influx of like non-artists just like wanting to like you know, just make, make profit a quick buck. Yeah. So then after that, I was like, how can I compete with that? And now there's like AI and everything. Everything's just so fast. And I th- don't think it was about the art for a while after that. Yeah, with each shift, yeah. it's kind of like as artists, we have to reevaluate like what art means, what mm. art means for us. And yeah, for sure you had NFTs, they were, you know, popularized about maybe a year or, or so ago. Like that's when they kind of came into the mainstream. And yeah, when it first came out, it was like, wow, amazing artists can finally, you know, they can live off their craft. They can make money yeah. off their craft. And it was, and uh, then came in these apes, these like board ape apes. things, and they're just like, um, you know, these tech guys or coders or money hungry crypto crypto bros crypto bros <laughs> <laughs> would just like uh create a way to just code and like make like a million yeah. board apes and just then the incentive was just for profit yeah because like why would someone like buy yours if the like board ape is is in demand here's, here's the of thing that, that hype yeah Short term, those board apes will be successful. People will be wearing yeah. on chains. But long term, if um, it's always going to tie back to the artist. Like what does that board ape actually mean? Mm. It, at the end of the day, it's just, I mean, sure, like an artist made it. But uh, I, or, to be honest, I haven't looked into the, yet yeah, who actually made this board ape. So I don't actually know. Mm. But if it's an artist that created it, you know, based on, like, their identity and, like, put a lot of passion and work and Mm. uh, that art relates to that artist and their history, it's going to be, like, valuable long-term. It's going to be, like, a long-term investment. Mm. Um, Like, someone like Beeple, you know, Beeple? Yeah. Yeah. Like... I love Beeple's stuff. (laughs) Yeah, he's incredible. So, I Yeah, he's an example of an nft artist that he's like an actual artist yeah he's an actual artist yeah 
not like I don't know. Maybe the board ape guys are actual artists. Could be. I'll probably have to <laughs> look into that. <laughs> I don't but but there there are a lot of just like generated people, and there's a culture art. behind just profiting off little crappy cartoons, yeah, and just trading them like just crypto. So it's just turning into like yeah. just money, which it's not the same as art. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't have meaning behind it. Um, and also with, I'm just tying back to creating things dig- digitally. Do you think you would, because I think with the digital ones, you wouldn't repeat the writing over and over or do you, or do you, you can like, you know, because with digital stuff, you can just copy and paste it basically. Um, You can do that, but then I guess then everything will be the same. Like if I have been like just doing the same thing, but on digitally. Oh okay yeah. yeah yeah so you want the you want the even minute differences in the writing yeah. structure and it adds to the okay yeah um I'm quite basic so <laughs> that's what I've been doing but maybe I can try that but I think it just like will look completely different but maybe for the better I don't know I haven't experimented with that yet. It's interesting how, like, if you were to create your art at scale, does it lose authenticity? I Like, you you know what I mean? Like, if you were to figure out a way digitally to just, you know, create your art. I mean, they take sometimes a month to do, but digitally you could find methods that you could pump it out maybe, like, you know, very quickly. Does that, do you think that would take away from the authenticity of your art? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Because, like, obviously there's people that do, like, large paintings that are quite simple too and then they have, like, the digital ones yep. and then it's still their art. I think it just is about the artist and who made it, that the value. Yeah. The value is in the artist making the work, right? Yeah, I, I agree paint, yeah. with that. If... That decision was made, you know, from like just like a grounded decision of like this is like it, it, it's a decision made without any like sort of monetary incentive mm-hmm. or sort of um, it was kind of a decision about like this is the time we're living in and like, you know, it, it doesn't change your creative um, the kind of meaning behind the work, if you know what I mean, because mm. obviously some artists can make work in two seconds. Some artists take yeah, and it doesn't. It doesn't matter like how long it takes, right? Yeah. Um, like as a photographer, I mean, I create like yeah, quick. and there's like, but it's but it all about the yeah. skill and the history the, behind it. The history, the story, the history, and like it's like those really good like artists like it's hard to match like what they can do you know and if they started that style first blah 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 it's actually a really good analogy the photography thing because yeah as a photographer i just click that photo but in order to make that photo like it was years and years of learning how to use a camera like experiencing my life traveling finding a perspective finding my identity Mm. In order to make that click, so it's exact same with other. Yeah, art. yeah, because it's just like someone. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what you said. Yes. Yeah. 
um, what's kind of on the horizon for you as an artist? Like, where do you see yourself going and doing? Like, what do you want to accomplish? So, the short term. So, ever since I started drawing, I've never, like, had an exhibition of my work. So, everyone's mostly experienced my work on their phone or, yeah, I think on their phone. Um, So, that's why I decided I need to, like, do this showcase. I might have, like, a soft showcase in Perth before I go to the States and I really wanted it in the States just because most of my um, collectors are in the States. Um, so that's short term. And then obviously I want to start, s- keep learning how to like digitally produce my artworks and um, make like things that people can use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, have you found, like, have lo- local Perth galleries, like, contacted you or things like that? Have you have you found the response of, um, collaborations or potential collaborations here compared to other places like the US? Um, I think because of the subjects that I draw, so. Most of them are, like, from the US. Like, that's why I get a lot of work from the US. Um, And I think the art world in Perth is quite old, um, much older. So they don't really understand my work. Um, I sort of have a problem with that. Like, I feel like the art galleries... Yeah, like especially the bigger art galleries like mm. um, Art Gallery WA, for example, like should be contacting artists like yourself mm. and like collaborating because you're here, yeah. you're a successful artist, you have, um, you know, a, a big, you know, audience that's like knows who you are and your work and I'm sure you also have a like quite a good uh, local audience as well. Mm. There seems to be some sort of disconnect, I think, Maybe they haven't caught up with the times. They're in some, maybe some older way of thinking about things and artists. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of, I think it's unfortunate that they aren't making more, you know, collaborations with artists that, you know, are successful on social media as well. Yeah. And talented, yeah. That's true because I think they also look at your, like, background if and if you, like, graduated with, like, fine art degree and like what other things you've been in, like other shows and like the art gallery of Western Australia. I think they get like a lot of like international artists who like to showcase Mm. work. So it's a bit harder for me to showcase here, I think. I can do it on my own and stuff. That's that's what it always ends up (laughs) being because (laughs) in Perth like – yeah, we have these galleries, but they're not like reaching out to, you know, local artists. There yeah. was there was a collaboration um, with the one recently at the Agua. The, grav- the graffiti artist. Is he from? I think Perth? he was from Perth. Okay, so yeah, that was that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, 
Like you just slowly dipping your toes in. There was another one um, with like a sculptor. He makes like colourful, cute sort of like sculptures. Um, I need to find him on Instagram. But yeah, it looks like there are... Maybe they're starting. Yeah, maybe they're starting it. to do it because now they've got like the rooftop up there. Maybe there's like a more like younger people in Agua. Yeah. <laughs> um, trying to find his Tim Meekins. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. So I like his He's stuff. Cool. Like his his work's really fun, and yeah. I think he had. A collaboration at Agua as well, and he has some yeah. t-shirts. I bought one of the t-shirts. Yeah, I like his stuff. He was like a graphic designer, right? Mm-hmm. Before delving into like more art sculptures, yeah. sculptures. Yeah. Maybe in the future. Because I just think uh, also there's. I, I would like to see art galleries. Um, you know be open for maybe the more general public or younger audience to kind of come in there and interact with the art because, like, I see how – I do see, like, there are some works that kind of need to be, you know, respected or displayed in a certain way. Mm -hmm. But I also – I don't think – I think the Perth art community, or at least maybe some of the larger galleries, failed to connect with, like, a younger audience Mm because there are a lot of, like, young artists that – um, I think it would be important for them to like go to these events, meet each like meet yeah. people, and yeah, and maybe the work that they show isn't um doesn't doesn't really entice them to go there. Mm. But I think maybe someone like yourself, because you you are on these platforms that younger artists are on as well. I think mm. they'd be like really interested to go mm. see your stuff as well. Mm. Yeah, but even like when I went to New York. And galleries in general are, like, really hard to get into as a young emerging artist. I think you just need to, like, kind of work your way and get older through experience to get into the doors. (laughs) It does seem like an older artist Because they are, like, older people own the galleries. Yeah. And it's that's all about who you know. That's their friends and all yeah. of that. Do you yeah. think the do you think there's a link between age and like how important your work is? Because I guess with age comes life experience. Does that mean your art's necessarily going to be better? That's a good question. I don't know. I've never thought about that, but. I think so. I think with experience, um, just like building the story and like the different projects you work on instead, like you would you invest in someone who's just made like one drawing compared to someone that's made like a hundred? Mm. Yeah, interesting topic. I think, yeah, with... As you age, yeah, you get more life experience and you kind of, like, develop those ideas, but also, you know, you're... And you show how committed you are, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Like, to your practice, which is, like, respectful. Mm. But I don't think age should determine Determine. how important or potent your work is. I mean, you have... um, 
I'm trying to think of the photographer now. <laughs> I need to search it. Um, <laughs> is he you young? Know, he's he takes photos of the houses. Um, Ian. Ian Strange. Ian Strange. Yeah. So like, Ian Strange is quite a young artist, but he's also. You know, is he? I actually talked to him the other, maybe four weeks ago now, because I'm like, what should I do? Mm-hmm. Like. I want to have I want to showcase my work and he was telling me how he started out and at the time he just like we were he was 25 he just flew to New York and started doing like street art I think and he got a studio and started inviting people to see his work and that's how I got like inspired to do the same thing like get a studio and invite people in I think he Mm-hmm. Is that still young? Yeah, yeah, I think that's still young as an artist. And mm-hmm. I think as an artist that, you know, his work's been shown in like a lot of galleries. Yeah, but it's because he went away and then came back. Ah, okay. I think this is a this is a <laughs> Perth thing as well. It's like yeah. if you're in Perth, you can have the same talent. Yeah. But, but if you fly over to New York... You, and yeah. you have a little exhibition in New York and you just say, yes, I exhibited in New York. Or it's you go to Paris and you just even like a little thing. Then Perth people are like, oh, now you're validated because yeah. you've gone to New York, it's you've gone so to Paris stupid. and exab- exhibited your work. Yeah. It's all perception. It's all like man-made anyways, this whole, our whole world. So. Yeah, yep. it's definitely thing so maybe Um, maybe that like yeah Uh, yeah i was talking to him because i was like oh like what do you think about the australian art scene and the and he was like oh the u.s just has more money in arts and more people right so you can do more that's an interesting thing like how australians view artists and if yeah you've been overseas you're kind of more validated and it's the same with um hip-hop as well for example like the kid Leroy Mm. I was talking this with um DJ Waves who's like a DJ here and he's highly knowledgeable in like hip-hop culture and stuff and he was talking about we were talking about how the kid Leroy was here and making music like but he had to go to the US to be validated by listeners here and I think that's any hip-hop artist here you're like, oh yeah, you just make music. We can't, we can't just accept that they're good. We need other. We need the US's opinion on artists here to yeah. know that we're good. Okay, then it's they think <laughs> it's good. Okay, then it's good. Yeah, that's stupid. true. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Even you can relate that to happens to acting too, right? Yeah. Everything. Um. It's like in that creative world. We can't just identify within ourselves that this is an amazing artist let's kind of get behind them and push them and it's it's also the same with fashion um because you have i make little tiktoks sometimes on the digital creators page of like Mm. oh what people are wearing in perth today and sometimes people Mm. have really cool like outfits but the comments are just like so mean like (laughs) Like, where the people from that are commenting the hate comments they're from perth yeah, like Perth. see, like you can't express yourself like that in Perth <laughs> because I think 
there's less creative pe- people in Perth. So compared to and I think as a creative you just see things differently. Your mind is more like open to things. So if the people who are commenting but are here's, probably here's not open to seeing things in a different way. Here's the thing. If I record a person in Perth with a cool outfit and they have a different accent, like an American accent, oh. and they can, and it doesn't matter they're from Perth, they just have a different accent, they'll be more accepting. They're like, oh, cool, yeah, cool <laughs> outfit, like an American accent, cool. We support that. But then if it's an Australian with an Australian accent... It's like they're trying. <laughs> I don't know. So stupid. Yeah. Even with the, any... Is t- it part of, like, the Australian culture? Like, just to, like, poke at... It is the fact that yeah we're looking outside of australia for acceptance in what we do we don't maybe we haven't built a strong identity here um as australians i think i'm trying to kind of showcase that through this platform as well like i think our identity should you know we should have our own identity as australians like i think we're a multicultural society we need to like embrace that Use that, mm. cr- use that as our creative fuel, and as um, and to base our identities in. But not everyone, everyone has their own belief in what it means to be Australian. Yeah, and that's like, goes back to history, right? Yeah. So that's probably where we're at now, like trying to still find our identity. Yeah, as as a collective yep. society. Yeah. Do you use um, because you have a background? Your your parents are from Singapore. Yeah, so my parents are. I was born in Singapore too, um, and then we moved over here when I was like four. So I grew up in Perth, and I feel like Perth is my home. Like I don't have any like friends really in Singapore, but still like a lot of. Did you gr- were you born here? No, I was born in Singapore, so I grew up here, and I think the next series of um, artworks that I'm going to do after this collection, which the collection is about icons and how, like, in our society today, um, we're so um, influenced by idols, so, and I got this tattoo in my arm, inspired by that <laughs> but the next collection I'm doing is going to be exploring my culture and I'm going to um try learn like Chinese just because I moved here when I was so young that I've just like not really gave it an effort to connect and learn more about my Asian culture mm. um and you really have to like be patient and be committed to learning about it. Um, and I really haven't yet. You haven't um, kind of like delved into your cultural history? Not really. Um, not in depth, yeah. I think it's... Well, I was going to say from even as a creative myself, my influences have been... Just looking at my style of photography at the moment, mm. um, actually influenced by 
sort of films like Wong Kar Wai films, um, like Fallen Angels, for example, to the aesthetic. Mm. I guess in my work I'm trying to capture also um, multiculturalism here and but uh, it's also, yeah, my influence is probably from, because I, I have travelled in, you know, East Asia and that sort of thing. That might be why. I have that influence. I, I love like love old Wong Kar Wai films and yeah. just the cinematic quality to them. So I was trying to use that for my inspiration. Oh, cool. But for yourself, you've kind of been inspired by pop culture icons in the US. Yeah. yeah. And I think it comes from just being a creative and I'm inspired by like different creatives. Yeah. I'm like, wow. They're doing, they're creating something amazing. Like, I'm like, that's so cool. Okay. That's why I decided to draw Mm. the people I've drawn so far. Um, But even like talking to like different, like my friends, if they don't believe in like, let's say God or they're not religious, I'm always like, oh, what? Who inspires you? They're either like, oh, the world or they're like um, Kendrick Lamar or like, yeah, like an icon, mm-hmm. um, which I find interesting. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why um, he dresses like this. That's why they sing or rap like this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I think kind of tying it back to... Australians like looking outside of Australia for yeah. validation. It's interesting that like I use inspiration you know, outside of Australia. You use inspiration outside of Australia. Yeah. I think maybe um, because, yeah, we still haven't collectively identified <laughs> identities at Australia. However, yeah. now we're actually, we've actually have a, a lot of similarities in terms of like just listening to your whole story, like I was mm. pretty much similar in terms of my journey as a creative. Mm. And now even you're going to be de- delving more into your culture, mm. finding your own personal style mm. kind of as, as it relates to you here now mm. compared to your, you know, work doing portraits of pop culture icons. Mm. Um, it's kind of the same for me, whereas I was, you know, with my you know style my photography style that's out now it's very much you know inspired by um the chinese film director wong kar wai his films um sort of eastern influence um I'm sure there's other influences there but now i'm kind of my neck i'm i'm going to be releasing a like book for that series but oh. now i'm moving on to more documentary style photography which relates to um, who I am and what I'm interested in here now, which is documenting creativity mm. that's around me, like documentary style work. So it's more, mm. it's less kind of influenced by, by. other countries, other, I guess, yeah. or other outside influences. And mm. it's more like myself From and you. who I am. And that's sort yeah. of what you're doing. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Mm. Um. Yeah, so that might be also where, you know, other Australians or why other Australians um, 
or people from Perth locally find it hard to support or encourage mm-hmm. artists that without that influence as well. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that <laughs> might be might be where it's coming from. Yeah, but like I've gotten people from Australia and they always ask me like, "Can you draw a kangaroo? Can you draw?" like a wildflower and I'm like not yet (laughs) but that's all they want in Australia yeah or like a landscape of rottenness or something like that which is fair enough how do you manage um you know clients who want you know how do you manage paid work as compared Mm. to your own personal work so yeah, I've... In terms of what you want to do? Well, I usually talk with them and tell them, like, like listen to their, like... And they usually give me a lot of, like, creative input. I've, I haven't done too many commission works for people in Australia, um, but... Do you have a lot of Australians that, you know, ask you for commissions? Like, smaller commissions, which I've been very lucky to for the last two years i've gotten quite big commissions that's taken up like my whole year's worth um so maybe next year that's interesting though i think that's a common thing for a lot of artists as well like your majority of your clients are international Mm. and not here and it's almost like it's kind of like when a musician you know, it gets quite big. They have to move overseas because that's where the demand is, even though... Everything's online. Yeah, it's online. You just stream and you you book tours and travel yeah. anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's just another reason, yeah, why artists feel the need to move overseas. Um, and because it, yeah, there is that. And it, yeah, it just feels like there's not enough um, support or cultivation behind art here in Australia or Perth. But I mean, I, I, I haven't actually been to Melbourne. Maybe it's different over there. But I think Melbourne's more expressive because there's more culture, like more people there compared to Perth. But I just think there's less people who value like art here. Like, they value other things, like nature, because that's what Australia is so known for. Like, our nature is so beautiful. Like, they rather... Oh, yeah, this is a good example. They rather get, like, a four-wheel drive or something than art, which makes sense, or a boat, go fishing, you know? Like, whereas in the US, it's just, like, they love all these random like pop cultural artifacts, um, yeah. So that art comes into that. Exactly the it's our values. Yeah, our um, values. And I've yeah talked about this um, a few times, but I really went quite deep on the episode with um, Atlee, who runs um, Artist Initiative Perth, which is like a collective artist. But we were talking about how. A lot of the culture here is kind of drive by, by our industries and our main industry is mining. Mm-hmm. The fact that 
um, mining has you know, such a big income for WA. A lot of people just rely on that to, you know, do, you can do it like a job in Fife and you can get quite, you can get well paid. And then we just buy houses and a Land Rover and a jet ski. Yeah. And we're just like, that's life. Like, yeah. what else What else could you want? Yeah. So, like, what, they're kind of like, why do we need any creativity? Why do we need, they don't see, as yeah. a, yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. I can see where they're coming from. Yeah, because it is a pretty good life. Well, FIFO is hard, but it pays well. But then we have a city where not many international people want to come here because we don't have mm. that creative uh, expression as a collective city like New York or Japan or South Korea mm. where they have that like a strong cultural identity. So. Mm. International people don't really want to come here and young people find it boring to live here. Yeah, because it's so far away. Even like um, different events, like creative events, it's so hard to get people to them. Yeah. So then you you kind of have also these young people, because I don't know if it's the same for you, young, like you, you just struggle to... Like find events and like find people and things to do so Uh, sometimes it's easy for people in like rural towns or even places like Perth to kind of go into more like less sustainable activities for themselves yeah like I was talking to my boyfriend and he we were saying how like people rather go to like pineapple club like those kind of events just to like listen to these music and get drunk yeah. and go go to like an event that's actually has good music. Yeah. And appreci- to appreciate the music. Like they just go out for a different reason. Not to appreciate the music and art, you know? Yeah. To just have get a fun time and whatever. get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the I guess the easiest way to have fun or whatever is you know, you just need alcohol or drugs or whatever or and like i know as young people like even like the funnest thing was kind of like just skateboarding even for me Mm. just going out with friends like that was you can do that anywhere you don't need to be you know in a huge city to find a skate park or skate you can just skate on the side of the road or yeah that's with friends but um is that how you got into photography too yeah it is actually yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's quite common. But without um, without that value system mm-hmm. here, I think a lot of young people can get on the wrong path. They, even creatives, like they have that credibility, but maybe, I don't know, because there's less things to do. You know, in rural towns, mm-hmm. it's more common or even countries, mm-hmm. lower socioeconomic countries, yeah. you can get into drugs easier or crime. You know, yeah. it, it there's something about uh, creativity and the way how society can embrace creativity um, that can have a really positive impact on young people. And I think that's why young people struggle here because there isn't that embrace of creativity. It's all very like old, older people, older money, mining Mm. that doesn't relate to creativity. Mm. And yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. A couple more questions here. Like, Artificial intelligence. What's your opinion on artificial intelligence? And how would you feel if I typed in 
Alexandra Lee art and it just portrait of you know a famous person it just can come up like that easily I think it's cool I really think it's cool because it can help like facilitate your ideas as a creative like I I've only touched briefly like looking into it but I really I think it's really cool and it can never like you can type that in but it will never be like exact same as like a physical piece that I'm actually drawing on the piece of paper you know so yeah I I just think it's really cool but I know like takes the styles of other art artists and some people think that's like stolen art um which some artists don't like I've seen that yeah looked into whether that's correct but I yeah I think it's all very new so, but what do you think of it? Actually, I wouldn't say that would be stolen art because it's almost like I get inspiration from other artists. So the yeah. AI is getting inspiration from other artists and creating something new. So I think that's okay. Yeah. I think it just depends on the individual and your thoughts. It, I think it's the same as it always comes ties back to the artist and who they are. Like me, I take a photo. It takes like like a hundredth of a second um but i've had that life experience to like and that direction that i want to go on to create that image Mm. anyone else can have the same camera Mm. in the same spot but they're going to take something different Mm. you even for your work you can take a month to create you know a pen and paper portrait but you can take um a few hours to create one digitally but it's the fact that it comes from you yeah. and AI doesn't have that life experience. I think, as you were saying, it's it's cool. I think it's a great tool, mm. um, but it it's artificial intelligence. It's not a person. It's not a yeah. human. Yeah, so doesn't it doesn't have a soul. You hear yeah, that? It doesn't have that depth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it's really cool. Yeah, as a tool and maybe and for inspiration as well. Matsu yeah. was saying it's great for inspiration. It's kind of like a like a Pinterest, like a mood board. You know, we scroll on Instagram, we we save little images yeah. for inspiration. I think it's a it's it's a great tool. But yeah. yeah, I don't think it will replace artists. Yeah. Or even if you're like struggling to like get your thoughts or like visualize something, um, you just type stuff in and then it'll really help. So yeah great alexandria thank you so much for coming on the podcast that was like a really good conversation and it was amazing to find out uh more about you and what you're doing and how you got to be where you are thanks for having me no worries and where can people um find you and contact you um they can find me on my socials which is alexandria underscore underscore lee and that's on tiktok and instagram and youtube youtube or is that not going anymore (laughs) youtube too youtube as well briefly i'm starting to post more shorts oh cool (laughs) nice yeah i'll leave everything in the description thanks everyone for tuning in i'll catch you again on the next one soon peace